Welcome to the Fanatical L Show, part of the L Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. And welcome to another episode of the Fanatical Elves Show and part of the Fans First Sports Network. I am your host, John Suchan, of tonight's episode, and we welcome back again the Village Elliot. Elliot, welcome back to our Fanatical Elves Show. How are you tonight? Um, I'm just great. Thank you, John. It's a great night to talk football. Any night is a great night to talk football, especially Browns football. So I'm yeah. very excited, and we've got a lot to talk about tonight, don't we? Oh, we have a lot. Yes. Browns fans, there's never, um, we're never short on things to talk about when it comes to the Browns. And uh, we've been busy this last couple of weeks. We've had the draft. We had a big trade last week. Now there are rumors flying about a potential veteran running back. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to, again, we're, we are part of um, our Fanatical Elves network, and this is our Fanatical Elves show. And, um, we're uh, part of Fans First Sports Network, and just uh, just glad that we're here. We've had all these shows. We got Elliot helps out so much. He's on all these shows with us. Uh, what the Elf was that? He's oftentimes on there with uh, Joel Cade, the left guard. He also has his show with the left guard, Joel, the uh, football philosophy and rocket science, which was a great show the other night, by the way. And well, thank uh, you. yeah, and we have my Johnny Cleveland podcast. So. Um, and we last uh, actually this afternoon we uh, released Rod Bloom. He uh, hosts the Browns Blitz. So tune in for all those shows during the week. And thank you for being a, a great following here uh, through social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook. So all right. So the in the news this week uh, there's been a hot topic or a hot name bouncing around. A former Ohio State Buckeye, Zeke Elliott, and um, you know, he's been there. I think I overheard you talking a little bit on the other show. Uh, this isn't really new news, um, but there's some possibilities there more with some recent discussions that have been out there in the out in social media. And um, so just wanted your take on where, where you think things are at. Do you think it's there's any legitimacy to this? Is it just hype? Is it just chit chat because Browns fans are, are always wanting to talk about something. Well, no, I, I think it, there is uh, some legitimacy to it. First of all, uh, Zeke Elliott is going to play in the NFL next season. Uh, there are only 32 teams in the yeah. NFL, so there's a one out of 32 chance going in that your team is going to sign this guy. Now, the real questions are how much money is he going to make mm -hmm. and uh, – how much playing time is he going to get and how good is he at this point in his career? And uh, the opinions are all over the place on all of these issues. I personally think that what he's going to get is a contract that sounds really great on paper, 
but it may have not that much guaranteed money behind it. So I think you get a lot of incentivized uh, uh, contract, which is not really what you want to have. You can ask Lamar Jackson's agent about that. (laughs) Lamar Jackson. Um, So I think you'll probably get, uh, you know, very small amount of uh, guaranteed money and uh, he'll get paid for achieving certain milestones. Like if the team wins, if the team makes the playoffs, Mm -hmm. if he gets a certain amount of snaps, if he gets a certain amount of carries, if he makes a certain number of yards, all these things are going to uh, result in uh, bonuses and so on. I'm not quite sure of what kind of things you can legally put in there for bonuses and so on, <laughs> but he'll get workout bonuses and this bonus and that bonus. How about, how about a date with the Cincinnati money. cheerleaders, uh, a Cincinnati Bengals cheerleader? I'm sorry. I'm, I, well, I, I, uh, I digress. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, he's not going to get any um, uh, bonuses for Cleveland Browns cheerleaders because we don't have any cheerleaders. So we can forget all about that. But I think it's very reasonable to uh, to uh, offer him a low risk uh, bonus weighted contract from the Cleveland Browns or some other team. Now, is that an offer that would be attractive uh, to Zeke mm-hmm. Elliott? Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Browns are a good match to him because what does Zeke Elliott wants to do? He wants to have a comeback, make mm-hmm. lots of yards. Mm-hmm. and make the Hall of Fame. That's what okay. Zeke Elliott wants to do. And I don't think realistically that he's going to get a lot of yards mm-hmm. as an employee of the Cleveland Browns because why? Nick Chubb is why. <laughs> the Browns have Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb is going to get his carries. Yes. And uh, I think that from the Browns' standpoint, you know, people differ about how much – uh, Ezekiel Elliott has in the tank. And, right. Uh, you know, I've had a feud with my editor at Dog Pound Daily about this. Right. Yes. And uh, I don't know how much he's got in the tank. None of how, us do. You tell me. In fact, I'll ask you this question to see if you can answer. How injured was he last season? How injured was he the past two or three seasons? How right. do you know? Right. Does anybody know? No. I mean, we don't. We really don't. But you know, I think our our, our editor in chief from Dog Pound Daily, he's he's basing it some on the foul. He also follows the Dallas Cowboys, so he might have a little bit of insight there. Um, hey, by the, let me ask you this: Wasn't um, Kareem Hunt's? Maybe I'm thinking of another player. I'm trying to remember. You were saying how Zeke Elliott might have a contract that is, you know, based on how he's doing, how he's performing, um, you know, or sure. milestones he makes. Wasn't was it Kareem Hunt's? There was a contract of a player. I thought it might have been Kareem's, kind of based on that a little bit, you know, on on the incentives. Yeah, well, yeah, incentives um, are uh, not what your agent wants to negotiate, right? Um, you know, or if there are incentives, they might be uh, team based incentives, based on how well the team does. And yeah. the reason is simple because injuries are unpredictable and it's just not a good policy uh, to negotiate that way. Right. Um, but um, I think that uh, it's very possible that uh, Zeke Elliott might have a much higher performance if he's used less. 
If oh, he's absolutely. Less of a workhorse, he might snap back. He's only 28 years old. I mean, it seems he, like right. he's been around forever and his performance has been slipping and blah, blah, blah. But remember that the uh, Dallas Cowboys played um, at least one season with Cameron Irving as their starting left tackle. They did. That's right. Holy cow. Right. I mean, think about that. And not only did they play him as their starting left tackle, but he got injured and they had to put somebody else in. Mm-hmm. So Cameron Irving's backup, who I, I can't even remember who it was, yeah. was, you know. <laughs> See, I think that going back to, you know, Zeke, I mean, if you use him in that third down role or that role that kind of Kareem Hunt had, um, and if he's okay with that, and we don't know if he would be, probably not, and he wants to be a Hall of Famer, like you're saying. But if you did, we're able to get him to be used in that role. Um, you know, it extend his career a little bit. He's like, but he's 28. He still wants to maybe get paid for a little bit more. The other big like bugaboo here is, is the money. Like you said, he's going to demand a lot of money, but it could be based on those milestones that he hits. And so like, and I think you even mentioned it off air. And I think maybe in some of this conversation that you, you were having with your editor in chief um, that maybe, maybe, in Zeke's case, he'd be more advised to wait um, through preseason, wait to see kind of where the fall, where things fall. You know, someone's going to get injured, running backs do, and that would suit Zeke's situation probably better. Yes, if I were his agent, I would advise him to not sign at this point, but to wait. And uh, inevitably, somebody will go on IR, and mm-hmm. they'll be desperate to sign a running back. Right now, everybody's yeah. sort of looking at, ah, oh, we might want to have the luxury of having a veteran running back as the you know extra guy on our roster, and ah, oh, we might have some extra salary cap room, and oh, it'd be kind of yeah. nice to have. Boy, Zeke Elliott, that sounds like a really big name and our fans might like it. And, you know, they're, right. they're really, it's, you know, it's a uh, buyer's market right now. Mm-hmm. But once people start to get injured and they go on IR, then it's a seller's market. Mm-hmm. And I think that Zeke Elliott could be a very valuable commodity. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, Zeke Elliott doesn't really need to wear himself out at training camp, he can probably serve himself just mm-hmm. as well by, uh, you know, resting up and healing up a little bit, you know, skipping some of that wear and tear. Yeah. And then if he has a good workout, um, yeah, he can he can uh, step in and uh, uh, pick up the uh, offense a little at a time. And then by midseason, he might be really, really good again. Yeah. So I think that that would be a the approach that I would recommend yeah. if I was his agent. I think that's a good, good, a good plan. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and just talk. Uh, the The Browns have had lots of moves. Yeah, no, I want to. I want to uh, follow up on a point that you made about yes. replacing uh, Kareem Hunt. Yes, was, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt did, uh, for whatever reason, assume the role of the short yardage back uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Although, you know, he's really. I'm not sure that I think he was better at no. short yardage than right. Nick Chubb. Right. Um, but um, 
what I feel like um, the the best way to use Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb together is very hard to put them on the field at the same time. Everybody, right. fans, you know, us fans, especially when we you mentioned this the other day in the pot. I know I overheard some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fans like to say, let's have a two back offense and just like Jim Brown and Ernie Green. Let's go yeah. back to that. Right. Right. And if you want to do that, uh, we actually did that in 2019. And in that case, uh, the Todd Monken offense uh, switched back and forth from having Kareem Hunt as the slot receiver. And then uh, Nick Chubb was a tailback and then they'd switch. And right. so they'd try to get some confusion about who is the tailback and who is the slot receiver. Right. And uh, that was a halfway decent uh, scheme. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, uh, Kareem Hunt is really a pretty good slot receiver. Yeah. Now, I think that if we had um, – uh, if instead we were going to uh, sign Zeke Elliott, he would be more like a fullback mm-hmm. and uh, Nick Chubb would be a halfback. And that that's how that – would shake out. I think that Zeke Elliott would become one of the top fullbacks in the NFL. Uh, yes. And he an would be a one. threat coming out of the backfield. Uh, and in fact, in Dallas, uh, I think one year, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Zeke had like over 70 pass receptions. Okay. Uh, coming out of wow. the backfield. He's just yeah. a phenomenal uh, pass receiver. Uh-huh. And uh, so I think um, blocking for Nick Chubb and then also assisting in pass protection for Deshaun uh-huh. Watson, uh-huh. Uh, that's something that could work very well. See, uh, that's what I like about it, that I think that that's not being discussed enough. I mean, if it were something that were to actually happen in Cleveland, and it probably won't, but if it were, what you're speaking to are the, are the primary reasons. And I think that that it's, it's mm-hmm. legitimate. And despite some people saying, well, he's, he's not anything like he used to be. That's not the, it's, that's not even the point. I think he's still, like you said, 28 years old. Yes. He's had some injuries, but the kid can still play ball. It's not like he's 50, you know, 50 or 60 years old. And you know, um, we, we throw would, these yes. running backs, into the ground like we we waste them away and say well they're no good anymore and it's just ridiculous i mean chubb is 27 right isn't nick chubb 26 or 27 now is he that old old man I well think- uh, yeah zeke is uh 28 i think um i have to check that up but yeah i, I was gonna say that i i would think that um that ideally if that's mm-hmm. a big if if Zeke Elliott were to agree to come to the Cleveland Browns, he would uh, ideally have to reinvent himself and change his role to be more of the pass catching fullback uh, yeah. rather than the bell cow running back. Yeah. I don't know if he'd want to do that. Yeah. Well, um, but if he did, I think that could be very effective. And that's what they did in Houston and you know, Browns fans may be amazed to know yes. that, uh, you know, we had uh, two running backs that Nick Chubb replaced in 2018. Yes. yes. Uh, that was Duke Johnson and another Ohio State running back named Carlos Hyde. 
Yes. And uh, they went to Houston, played with Deshaun Watson. Carlos Hyde gained a thousand yards on the ground. He did. And Duke Johnson had something like 800 yards of um, uh, total right. yards from scrimmage. And together they gained over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, uh, it was so phenomenal. They were, they were phenomenal. And uh, so there's um, precedent for a two-back offense with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Who's the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> oh, it's Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so it does make sense to uh, have uh, that two-back offense with a you know a really big guy. Yeah, and uh, and in fact, uh, Zeke Elliott weighs I think like twenty-eight pounds more than um, than no 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 oh, than uh, oh. Kareem Hunt. Oh, okay. And you know Kareem Hunt. You know, once again, that guy's a slot receiver type. And, um, you know, the Browns would get big with Zeke Elliott. He would be like Carlos Hyde was. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Chubb would actually be, uh, you know, like uh, uh, an enhanced uh, version of uh, – he'd be like uh, Duke Johnson turned into the Incredible Hulk with gamma right. radiation. That's, that's why you have a – a nuclear engineer on your show. Well, Elliot, let me let me ask you this. Um, so we're talking about all these new, like you know, possibilities now. They've uh, the teams made all these updates, and but I don't think it will happen. I still don't think yeah. it will happen because I don't think Zeke is going to go for it. It's not the right situation for him if he wants to gain a whole bunch of yards and make the Hall of Fame. I think he'll go somewhere else. So, so a lot of people now are looking at this Browns team. We kind of talked about this the other night. I mean, I think you've touched on it with some other of your colleagues, but you know, the Browns on paper, and we talk about this every year, Browns fans, you know, right now they've picked up this new kid Smith. They've picked up, you know, Elijah Moore on offense. They've picked up some other defenders and on paper, the team looks really talented, but again, we're Browns fans. How? Yeah. The reality, <laughs> and is this a figment of our imagination? I think Terry Pluto of the uh, Plain Dealer wrote again about it uh, earlier today or yesterday about the same topic, which is, again, it's the off season. We have, what, four months or something until, well, actually a little bit less than that for preseason, but we got a long ways away, and we've got a lot of talent. So should we be buying into the hype? Is this legitimately – a different team or is it going to be the same old thing? And like your speak, we spoke of earlier. The fact is very likely that this team on defense might take some time to gel. I've, you know, so when that happens and if it's a struggle in that first several weeks of the season, should we all be going, well, crap, we're back to the same old, same old, where do you fall with all of that? How do you, how do you feel? Well, um, I guess I would quote uh, St. Thomas Brady, who says that Super Bowls are won in the off season. And uh, if you don't have good practices in the off season, uh, you're not going to be sharp in the regular season. Okay. If you have a, you know, especially if you have a new coach, you have a new quarterback. Uh, that hasn't played and mm-hmm. hasn't had regular season reps. 
it's going to be uh, a process to get better. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Tom Brady, you know, the problem with, with um, I think, conceptually, uh, fantasy football has ruined us because it's kind of given the impression that you can just trade a player, plug <laughs> him into the lineup and have him perform right. like nothing has happened. And, you know, and in baseball, you can kind of do that. You know, a guy plays shortstop and he moves yeah. one to the next. He can just step right in and play shortstop. Uh, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a fumble uh, in the double play. You know, it's not quite as smooth as it should be. But basically, yeah, you can play players in baseball and trade them from one team to the next and they can still right. play. In football, you can't do that, man. you got a playbook that you have to assimilate and really understand that and really be in sync with uh-huh. your teammates, it is a team game. Yeah. I don't see how you can really be any good at football until you've got some game time under your belt, you know, like mm-hmm. half a mm-hmm. season worth. And even yeah. Tom Brady said, well, didn't Tom Brady win a Super Bowl right out of the gate with Tampa Bay? Yeah, he did, but they were feuding with the coach and they were, you know, really talking about a lost season all the way to Thanksgiving until they got hot. Right. You know, people forget about how bad it was in Tampa. It was. Tom Brady was screwing up and doing this, and he's too old and he's not good. This is a bad move and yeah, body, yeah. Body, body. And then they figured it out about Thanksgiving and went on a winning streak and won the Super Bowl. So even Tom Brady took some time. Mm-hmm. before he could uh, play with his well, teammates. And he was actually better in his second year with the, the team. The the honeymoon, this period that we're kind of in, you know, the signing. No, we're on, in Fantasy Island. What are you Fantasy talking about? Island. This is not okay. even a honeymoon. So Zadarius. Um, we're reading Playboy magazine and that, stuff right. like that. Zadarius Smith. This is no honeymoon. Smith's uh, trade, you know, um, it's been met with a lot of promise. A lot of people are positive about it. You know, I wrote an article. They were talking on NFL Network the other morning about how both um, Garrett and Smith have had the most or some of the most sack seasons since 2019. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting back to is that. Um, hold on a second. Lost my train of thought there for a split second. Um so this this whole fantasy island stuff that you know there are people out there and I think our our colleague Joel K the left guard wrote about it today on Dog Pound Daily it's got kind of a hot article out there he asked the question is Zadarius Smith a cancer in the locker room based on some comment that this guy named Albert Breer made from Sports Illustrated suggesting that sort of thing um, the, not that our colleague Joel is suggesting that, but he he brought up the question that was posed to this other guy, Albert Breer. And of course, it's got been a hot article out there on Dog Pond Daily, so check that out. But um, I guess with, I mean, it seems like, I'll give you another example. Like our, our other colleague, Rod Bloom, uh, on Brown's Blitz pointed out, I was listening to his show that was posted earlier today that someone like Zadarius Smith has actually been to the playoffs, I think five straight years now, um, which no one really has mentioned, but he's been on playoff teams and actually came back off of this uh, 
you know, he had the injury the one year and actually played in a playoff game. I guess the, the, the idea too, that, you know, you're bringing in some, some veteran talent and he was there at rookie camp apparently and talked to a lot of the rookies. I think that's a good thing for our Browns team long-term. And I guess, I guess I would like to know your perspective on this and I, we don't have to get into it real long, but we see these teams that the Browns have had that have been good on paper. You go back a couple seasons ago and everybody wanted to talk about Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and, and Baker Mayfield and the offense and what we thought was going to be this great team. But it seems to me like right now, currently, that what the Browns are doing, especially on the defensive end of the ball, is better and it's more sound and it's not simply just fluff. I wanted your kind of your take on that and where you think the team is now. Yeah, no, I, I think it is uh, for real. Uh, I don't, I don't place a lot of credence in uh, if, if you have a nasty uh, defensive end, I don't think that bothers me too much. I think it is true that uh, Zadarius Smith has been um, dissatisfied with the front office at uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota. Uh, that is a that's true. Um, you know, he may not be easy to get along with at the bargaining table, he and his agent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, you, you live with that. We only have him for one season. So I think mm-hmm. that's certainly an acceptable situation. Um, I don't really see that there's a downside uh, to that. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, you know, what's the alternative? It's not like we had um, – all kinds of talent at the position last season. You know, we had a really uh, disappointing season from Jadevian Clowney, and I guess maybe that's what we really need to compare it with. Is yeah, you know, uh, Clowney never has had he never had more than uh, nine and a half sacks in any uh, season in his mm-hmm. entire career, um, and you know, Smith has had multiple, you know, ten plus. Yeah, no, Smith is uh, is um, well here. Clowney, early in his career, had microfracture surgery uh, on his knee. And that is a very serious operation. And uh, as the athlete ages, mm-hmm. that uh, usually results in degraded performance. I think that took a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, Not everybody recovers from that and makes it back onto the field. And those who do make it back on the field, uh, don't reach the same level of performance that they had before the injury. I don't, I don't think that he, I don't think we ever saw the true Jadevian Clowney in the NFL. And so a lot of people want to say that, Oh, he just was overrated. No, I don't think he was overrated at all. I think he got injured. Yeah. And, uh, he just, uh, has been playing hurt since, uh, I think it was like his second year or something yeah, like forever. that. Yeah, sure. And uh, he he was every bit as good as they said that he was, but he got hurt. And that injury that he had is something that never was 100% right ever again. Yeah. And uh, at age uh, 30, 31, it's catching up with him. And, he you know, he's just not able to perform at the right. level that's um, – 
Okay. You know, yeah, I agree. That you might want him to. And uh, I think that uh, that uh, they should have Andrew Barry and the coaching staff should have been able to see that and realize that you know what this is coming to the end of a great career, yeah. or, you know, good career that should yeah. have been great but is only a wonder good where career. he'll wonder where he'll end up. You know, well, he's free been agent. signed uh, already. Oh. I think. Uh, okay. I forgot where he where he went. I think it was. I uh, better not say it on the air. Oh, that's, because it'll probably be wrong, but I believe he has that's, already signed. Okay, so um, um, Elliot, we're gonna go. We're gonna uh, go to a break real quick, and on the other, well, I actually, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give our fans the trivia question. We're gonna look back a little bit historically tonight, go back a ways um, to when the Browns started back up in 1999. So the trivia question. This is a fun one. Back in 1999, when the Browns came back, so Elliot, I want you to think about this, and on the other side of the break, we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. Who scored the Browns' first rushing touchdown in Ooh. the 90, 1999 season? Boy. And it, might, and it might surprise you. I'll give you that hint. Um, so, Jeez. folks, we're going to go to the break. So we're going to pause for commercials here. And uh, we will be right back in a couple seconds. This is the Fanatical Elves show. Okay, we are back on the Fanatical Elves show. I am your host, John Suchan, and I'm here with the village, Elliot. Welcome back, Elliot. Well, thank you very much. So yeah, I I, I had I the look. trivia question, Elliot. Or are you going to go back and look at the? Okay, yeah. Did you find out the info on uh, Clowney? Yeah, I did look up uh, the information on Clowney, and it's a little bit ambiguous. So I, I think okay. uh, there was a premature <laughs> announcement, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to say that he no, may still on. be a free agent after all. Um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep track on that, and. Uh, yeah, we'll so maybe he is still Clowney. a free agent after all. But, so the uh, trivia question, Elliot, before the break was, in 1999 when the Browns started up, and we're, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this 99 season here in a moment and uh, get get your take on some of this too. But um, so the Browns started out the year they it was a it was a rough start back, and um, but the question was, who was the first? Browns player for to score a rushing touchdown with the new group and it didn't happen right away I'll tell you that too and it, you might be surprised by the name but it's a name that you probably know pretty pretty well well I would guess it might be Tim Couch on a quarterback sneak you have almost half that right it was a sneak but it wasn't a quarterback sneak I was probably at the game. I had season tickets. So it was a it was a home game, and it was against our division rival, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, who we open up this season against. And the Browns actually lost this game. I was going to talk a little bit. Was, of, was it Dawson? Bing, uh, ding, ding, ding. You got it. Oh, Phil man. Dawson. Phil Dawson. Phil Dawson, and I think Dawson. it was week five, scored the Browns' first rushing touchdown on a kicker sneak. It was a set play, 
and he rambled and he did well. If you go back and watch the highlight, he had to bang off a few tacklers to get into the end zone, <laughs> but, but he got in there. And unfortunately the Browns, that was, I think in the first half of the game. Yeah. Um, and then they ended up losing 16 to 15. The Bengals scored a touchdown or got a field goal with five seconds left in that game. It would have been the Browns first win on the season. Now, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So they were oh oh and five at that point or whatnot. And then um, you know, just kind of this is our history segment on the cardiac history time. And um, so that 99 season, they um we well they had a they lost in Cincinnati, like we just mentioned. Now, do you remember who they got their first win against it i think it happened a, a week yeah, I think later it was against new orleans wasn't it right or i should say new and orleans that was, and that was your buddy tim couch with the tim. miracle um hail mary yeah was it and kevin then, johnson was the receiver yes, yes kevin johnson yep and the as far as wide receivers catching passes in 99 kevin johnson was the first um yeah i remember that you, so the other the browns won two games that year they beat new orleans and that at that time they played 16 game season so they beat the saints and who else did they make beat that year in 99 gee and i it, don't remember and you it came me. after well and they lost this team to uh to open up their inaugural 99 season at home they were pummeled or no, it was an away game. It was Pittsburgh? An away game. You were going to tell yes. me they beat Pittsburgh? No. Yes, they did. They lost to Pittsburgh in week one, 43 to nothing. They were shut out. Oh, okay. Probably they were playing their B team. Right. And yeah, then okay. they and then they came back later in the year. The game was in Cleveland, and they beat them 16 to 15. So that was the other lone win for the Browns. So, you know, if we can be playing the backups because Pittsburgh already clinched, was that the. No, they really weren't. It was still like week 10 or 11, I think. And then that was late in the the Browns were, it was late in the year. Oh, it was later in the year. Yeah, I think you're right. But the, I don't think the Steelers at that time, I was looking back at the records. I still think they were in the hunt. Um, We can go back and look at that. So, I guess the other part of this that I found very unique about cardiac this our history time here is that when the team came back, the Brownies came back to play, it we didn't have the American or the uh, American uh, North Division, um, the AFC North. AFC North. It was, it was, it was, it was the, the AFC, AFC Central, Central. and mm-hmm. the two teams, the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, the the years that the Browns were non-existent between 96 97 and 98 they were part of this larger central division so they they brought they had moved um the indianapolis colts over to the or they were in the american or or in the south um afc south division so the browns came back because i thought it was intriguing because i started looking at the games and like oh they played tennessee twice oh they they played jacksonville twice so that's that's how it was um, for, for a few, uh, well, I think it was that season and I'm not sure when they, that dissolved. Do you, do you have an idea? When did they switch up to the North? Well, let's see. I, I, uh, I remember that they, um, they had this thing where the, the Browns played every team 
in the uh, AFC, I think, and then they played every team in the NFC. So they kind okay. of made their rounds, uh, you know, around oh, the okay. league. Yeah. They had kind of a weird schedule. Um, but I think it was that the uh, – one of the things was that the uh, Tennessee team was was the uh, Oilers. You know, yes. Because they were the Houston Oilers, and then they were the Tennessee Oilers. And then they thought, well, it doesn't make any sense to be Tennessee Oilers. We don't really do oil in right. uh, Tennessee. So why don't we be Titans instead? And then they thought, yes. you know, maybe we don't really want to be uh, in the, uh, you know, same division with uh, these guys anyway. And so I think then they they shifted uh, that. And um, and I think uh, didn't Seattle move from one conference to the other? At that they point? did. Um... That always surprised me, too, that Seattle, I think I mentioned this in last week's episode, the Browns have only played in Seattle three times in the last 30 years. Yeah, so yeah, some, some kind of screwy thing. Hey, I have a trade for you. You want to hear a trade? Oh, yes. Here's a trade. I want to trade the um, Baltimore Ravens for the Buffalo Bills. Yes? Okay. That's what I want to do. I want to have the AFC North, the okay. Cincinnati, oh, okay, sure, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Yeah, now that's the AFC North. It Why really do we is. Have to have Baltimore. I just really don't want to see Baltimore all that much. It's not really that great of a rivalry. It's really unpleasant. It uh, is. You know, we got to play them. Okay, fine. They used to be. We should write letters. Have we? Have you? We need to do this. I mean, we need to lead the way, lead the charge, and 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 send letters to the NFL. I wonder if people. Yeah, no, I think it would make a lot of sense. And then, um, you know, the thing is, Baltimore is a natural rivalry for New England, and yes. they're on the same coast. You know, with uh, Miami and New York. And, makes perfect uh, sense to me. It, it makes perfect yeah. sense. They're they're. They're much more natural rivals, you know, historically, you know, Baltimore and Miami. Yeah. Had, uh, great totally. rivalries in New York and uh, New you, England. Um, who else? Who else? See, is that all the teams? Have I got them all? I think that's it. <laughs> Elliot, do you have anything, a cardiac history moment for the Brownies that you'd like to share out tonight? Um, gee, you know, I didn't really come loaded with a cardiac. I just think I got to mention this too. If you're watching on, on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter tonight, and you're watching us live or this recording, you'll see Elliot. And I just love his background. And if you are a Brown's historical buff, you can see pictures of Otto Graham, Bernie Kosar back there, Marty Schottenheimer, the whole, everybody back there. So I just think that that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I did come. I'll tell you what. I'll come up with uh, with a uh, historical moment, but I did come with a joke of the day, though. Yes. Now this okay. is not a Steelers joke. This is a. No, this is actually joke. a Cleveland Browns joke. This is, okay. All right. This is actually kind of a sad story to begin with, um, <laughs> um, but it starts out with a, uh, you know, uh, especially in the old days, Cleveland was a uh, iron and steel town. You know, Youngstown, Akron, and Cleveland, uh, all these cities were built on uh, iron, steel, coke, heavy yes. metals, heavy industries. My dad did. Uh, so anyway, there was a, 
uh, iron worker who um, died and uh, he had led an unsavory life. He used to cheat at cards. He gambled and uh, robbed and took money out of the church collection basket. Oh, how could he? Uh, he just did stuff like that. I mean, it was awful. You know, he was a playground bully. So, of course, he went to hell. And the devil was happy to get a new resident of hell. He said, ah, welcome, iron worker. Welcome to hell. I've got a room prepared for you. Here's your quarters. And so he has this room all laid out for the iron worker. And hell is just miserable. It smells like sulfur. And it's hot. It's like 110 degrees. And the temperature rising to 120 degrees. And the iron worker says, hey, this actually feels pretty good. I like it here. This is nice. Thanks, devil. And, uh, you know, devils, you know, this is not true. This is nonsense. This guy is putting me on. So he waits a week and, and expects that the uh, iron worker is going to succumb and, yes. uh, you know, admit that he's suffering. But no, he, he's having a good time chatting up, you know, uh, meeting Cleveland politicians and having a good time and reminiscing with his friends and stuff. And sure, the, you know, 120 degree temperature doesn't bother him. And he says, well, I'm going to turn up the temperature even more. I'll fix this guy. And he gets it so that it's red hot. And then the, uh, and the, the uh, steel worker says, I don't care about this. This is ridiculous. You know, I used to use red hot coke and mix that with my cornflakes for breakfast this doesn't bother me you are absolutely out of your mind you stupid devil yes and, you know he doesn't care it's red hot you know molten iron doesn't bother him he's totally immune to it just absolutely cannot be bothered by any uh, level of temperature whatsoever so he's having you know a fun time down in hell yes <laughs> sounds like it and so the devil is perplexed you know you know, what am I going to do to this Cleveland iron worker? I have got to make him suffer. That's my job is to make this. Yeah. He said, I'm using the wrong approach. So he said, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn up the air conditioning in his cell. And so he turns the air conditioning all the way maximum, turns off the heat, turns it. Oh, boy. And so there's, <laughs> all kinds of icicles and it's totally cold and freezing. Yes. Everything is blue and ice and frost, snow everywhere. Right. And he said, okay, this time I got him. And then he sees the iron worker and the iron worker is happy. He says, oh, I'm so happy. This is great. This is wonderful. This is the best thing. And the guy's, what the hell's going on here? Why are you happy? And he says, the Browns have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, I, 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 oh man, I'm, I'm speechless. That is classic. That is the best Cleveland Browns joke ever. 
and told by the 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 greatest ever Elliot. That is that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. My God, that was great. Well, I, I had to do something you, to counterbalance all the terrible jokes that we've been telling on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. So we had to tell one on the Cleveland. Oh, I, got, I have a group of friends field. in Kansas, my Wichita buddies, who are um, some of them that are Kansas City Chiefs fans. So they would really appreciate your joke telling right now. So I will have to share this out with them when we speak to them next. Okay. So a um, couple things. I just, you know, we have our history, uh, like, did you know segment? I didn't know if you had anything there. I, I was just going to elaborate again a little bit about my 99 season. You know, we were just talking about the Browns first rushing uh, touchdown was by their kicker, their place kicker, Phil Dawson. But the Browns actually had a, a running back by the name of Terry Kirby that played yes. much of the season. And he had played uh, drafted by the Miami Dolphins, actually had some good seasons with them, a couple decent seasons with uh, the San Francisco 49ers. And his season with the Browns was actually his second best statistically in his career. He had like 130 carries, 450 yards, about six touchdowns. But he's yeah, he was he played with the, the Miami Dolphins, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he did. He started with the Dolphins yeah. back in uh, the 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 middle nineties. Uh, yep. He, he and, was a third down back, and then with the the Browns, he was you know really more than a, every day. Yeah. Starter. Now they, and they he was played, the yeah. brother. Did, did we talk talk about this? He was the brother oh. of uh, Wayne Kirby. Oh, okay, oh. maybe that's my did you know. How about this? Yes, yes. Is uh, Terry Kirby, the halfback for the Cleveland Browns, was the brother of Wayne Kirby, the Cle the Cleveland Indians outfielder. How about that? Wow. Yeah, I remember. And Wayne Kirby played back in the mid-90s. He was the kid who hit the first home run, I think, at uh, Jacobs Field when they first opened in 95. Okay, I didn't know I that factoid. Yes. But, yeah, okay, and, so. and there were, you know, I don't know of any other team that had uh, brothers that played in the same uh, city or any other town, I should say, that had brothers right. that were football and baseball players in the same town. But the Cleveland, right. Cleveland has four sets of brothers. Really? Four sets of Who brothers. Who are the other three? Okay, and in fact, you know, there was a, in the 1999, there was uh, people were passing out a trivia uh card you know we're supposed to answer the trivia questions and uh the uh card asked for three sets of brothers and i could name four. Oh, that's good <laughs> that's pretty you good overachieve. Just, you're an yeah, overachiever elliot all right well okay so four sets of brothers one of whom played on the cleveland browns and one of whom whom played on the cleveland indians okay um uh Alex Johnson was an outfielder, a uh, former American League batting champion who hmm. um, bounced around a little bit and played on the Cleveland Indians. What year? Uh, man, I don't know what year, but it was in okay. the 1970s. Okay. Um, it was a, probably about 1973 or 74, I would guess. But Okay. Um, uh, but anyway... Uh, Alex Johnson was an outfielder. Mm -hmm. Ron Johnson, uh, you know, a batting champion. Yeah. And then uh, Ron Johnson 
uh, was an all-pro running back that Art Modell traded for oh. nothing. Um, and um, so they were brothers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then um, Leroy Kelly was a mm. Hall of Fame running back. Right. Uh, Pat Kelly was an outfielder. Uh, played most of his career, I believe, with the Chicago White Sox, but he did play a year with the Cleveland Indians. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And what's okay. the fourth one? There was a fourth one you said. Uh, Mike Pagel oh. uh, was a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Yep, I remember him. And Carl Pagel was a power-hitting first baseman, never really uh, made it uh -huh. in the major league, started his career with the Chicago Cubs. And played a little first base with the Cleveland Indians. Wow. And um, see, did I get four? Is that all four? You did. You got all four. Yep, okay. you did. Can you all think right, of a so fifth? That's why did you know. Can you just come up with a fifth? I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's a fifth. Well, Elliot, um, final um, you know, thoughts. I mean, we're going into uh, training camps here. The Browns have an extra uh, uh, preseason game. They're training in Greenbrier, uh, West Virginia. What are your thoughts? What are your take? What are you looking forward to over the next couple of weeks? What are you going to be zoning in on before we, we, we leave tonight? Well, yeah, I, I think um, we're going to have to install a uh, new defense. I expect total chaos uh, the first <laughs> week or two of the season. But I think the talent is real. I think that they will eventually play like a premier defense. Yeah, um, I, I really don't expect football is a team game. I don't expect them to play particularly well the first uh, game or two. If sure. uh, Joe Burrow cuts them to ribbons the first game of the season, I am not going to be shocked. I am not going to be disappointed. I'm uh -huh. uh, not going to be uh, calling for uh, you know Schwartz's uh, scalp at that point. Um, I think that the offense, however, should play well right out of the gate because. There are no major lineup changes on offense. And uh, right. this is Deshaun Watson's second year with the team. Yeah. And uh, they should be able to have things figured out by now. I think that's very important that uh, last year was, uh, you know, it was all messed up. Mm -hmm. uh, Deshaun did not have a really good opportunity to uh, play for an extended period of time. Uh, with the Browns uh, yeah. this year, he's got a full training camp mm -hmm. and he should be ready to go. Should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, the Browns, uh, uh, I, I think our, uh, the, I guess the sports writer and fan buzz overrates the wide receivers mm -hmm. team. I, I think that, um, there's a certain amount of depth there for sure, but it's not really uh, high quality depth. There's guys that can play, but right, uh, I agree with have, that. Sure, we don't have. It's not like we have four 1,000 yard receivers that are no uh, on no. the team. I think everyone's banking on Elijah Moore kind of having a new experience, a place to play that is not in New York, and that will magically make him a thousand yard receiver. But you also have to remember we have. Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper. And I think both will have good seasons. I think I expect nothing, nothing but the best from those two. Um, yeah. I, 
it'll be interesting. I think that's where I'm most worried as just a fan of the team and this chatter with the offense with like you just mentioned Deshaun Watson going into the second year. I didn't see a lot of uh, stuff last year and a lot of people say, well, we shouldn't, but I'm just a little nervous about how that's all going to play out on the field this year, but I'm excited Mm -hmm. as many fans are. I think there is a lot to look forward to. Did you uh, see uh, Deshaun Watson took his crew to Puerto Rico uh, and they released some different videos today from down there. And everyone's kind of one of the funny parts of this is that they show many of the players that Deshaun took with him. They're running like exercising and stuff on this wide open beach. And it it's kind of reminiscent of the old Rocky movies, you know, when Rocky's training with with Creed. And uh, they, and they, I think it was in Rocky three and then they're splashing into the water and everything. It's, it's a little bit like that. And people have been making comments about how it's similar, <laughs> how it just happens that that video looks very much like the old one from 40 years ago. I think it's, that's just funny. Yeah. And um, no, I think that's good. I think that's, you know, the psychology of, uh, of uh, training is important. And if, uh, Yes. You know, Rocky motivates you. Uh, that That's a good thing. Whatever. Right? Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, we, definitely you need to be training. St. Thomas says that uh, Super Bowls are won in the off season. So you right. better be training and winning the Super Bowl now because yeah. uh, if, you know, if you're not training well in the off season, you're partying and doing stupid stuff in the off season. You're not going to win. You're just not. Elliot, it's been a real pleasure to have you on our fanatical elves show tonight. And we'll have our, uh, we'll make, have a few extra crew members back on next week, but this is part of our fanatical elves network. And uh, we'll be coming to you again with our other shows. Elliot is uh, in charge of the, uh, the football philosophy and rocket science podcast with his uh, college. Well, no, you're, 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 uh, uh, you're partners with the left guard, Joel Cade, and you guys do a fabulous job. Just been so impressed with, with their takes. They, they take those unique looks at the game of football. And just if, if you haven't had a chance, folks tune in to that show, it's just fantastic. Joel also has his own show. What the elf was that? which uh, is great. I had a chance to talk to him the other day about that. We actually dissected some of the um, NFL um, NFL release videos um, that the various teams did to broadcast that. And um, I, I, earlier today I saw Joe, we, we kind of ranked those. And then I saw Joel in our Twitter thread amongst our, our group uh, said one of the, I'm not sure or it was the athletic who released their, um, their, their rankings. I got to tell you, Elliot, and before we leave here, that, that athletic, and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't work for the athletic, but based on what Joel Cade has shared with me and then some of these other things that have been written in the last few weeks, I, I, I just really, uh, really curious as to what, who, who writes what there. Um, and, uh, I know it's a paid subscription, so I think we have a lot of great writers. You're a great writer, Joel, come over and follow us on dog pound daily and um 
and uh yeah so again thank you elliot appreciate you being here and again this is our fanatical elf show we'll be back next week same time same place and browns fans uh, enjoy your weekend wherever you are and we're coming up to memorial day weekend and uh have fun and uh, we'll talk more browns next week take okay. care elliot yeah and read dog pound daily we have the best editor in the business so we do Absolutely. Uh, take care everybody all Bye-bye. right thank you go browns <laughs>